Welcome, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate, and last week, Jimbo and I covered the Fangraphs picks to click, and it was a very long episode, so it got cut into part one and part two. If you have not listened to part one yet, I suggest you go back and listen to part one before you continue on to part two. So uh, thank you, everyone, who has tuned in today, and enjoy part two. Um. Let's move on to buying the bat. We've got Trey Sweeney for New York. His base auto, 32 bucks. Lawrence Butler for Oakland. He doesn't have base autos, but he did have a non-auto orange out of 25 that sold for $36. Warming Burnable for Colorado. His is $30. And Dustin Harris for Texas, 25 What's interesting here is a lot of, a lot of you know, the last list, a decent number of names that people listening to this probably already knew. This list, I'm guessing that you've already heard of three of the four, with the lone exception being Lawrence Butler. Um, though you may also know Lawrence Butler, and I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence mm-hmm. here. Um, but Lawrence Butler, we'll just get through him first because he's the least well-known, and also uh, we're talking about a first baseman with a 35-hit tool but 70 raw power. Dude, this kid, you got I, – I actually did talk about – I think I was the one that bought that orange. Uh, I don't know which which one you pulled that out. Yeah, on July 20, uh, 22nd. Wait, I don't think it was that long ago. Yeah. Well, I graded it and it got a 10. Uh, oh, no, yeah, this sold this sold uh, raw. Yeah. This kid, dude, he's got the upside where, like, for 35 bucks for – for something like that, a true orange, and it was clean, and I graded it, got a ten. Even if it didn't get a ten, I would have been fine because he, like they, they have that exciting upside in this spring. Oh my gosh, like he's showing his power where he doesn't have to do much for for people to recognize the name. You can do while well doing a quick flip. Not saying buying right now. Right now is probably the very worst time to buy him. Yeah. Also, January 9th on that sale price. January. 9th. Okay. Uh, but he's like, remember how we talked about lining white junior, like. I put uh, this Butler kid in that same bucket where it's like high talent, you know, we'll struggle with like the, the things that we like strikeouts plate discipline, but he will be on the highlight reels. If he just does a little bit. And I like to quick flip those where I, I try not to hold those guys very long because it's usually like just a flash. Yeah. And we're talking, okay. So just put it in perspective here. We're talking about a first baseman who does not project to be good at first base defense who doesn't project to hit for high averages, who has high strikeout rates and just marginally better than average walk rates. Like 12% is fine, but it's not like incredible. It's not 15, 16%, right? It's also not 8%. Um, but 31% strikeout rate for a likely DH guy with 70 raw power. Yeah. It's definitely these are definitely the flash in the pan guys. You can get them cheap, you know, thirty six bucks for uh, for a card of his for an orange, and he comes up and has a hot week in the majors. Yeah, you make some money, or he has a hot week in Double A where he hits, or in spring training he hits three home runs in uh, three games in spring training, and you sell that orange for seventy dollars. So yeah, there's money to be made. It's just obviously risk in having to pay attention. If you're not willing to take the time to pay attention to Lawrence Butler, 
spring training stats and you miss the fact that he hits three home runs in spring training or something, you're not going to be able to sell that card. And so therein lies the other risk to card collecting. You got to ha- know you're out and know um, and be willing to watch markets for these guys, because if you're not willing to put in that work, you shouldn't be buying in cards anyways. Um, so moving on from Lawrence Butler, we have warm or Dustin Harris actually is the next cheapest. And uh, Dustin Harris, he came out of, was it 2021 Bowman? It was last I feel like year. In my head, he was 2021 Bowman. I'm pretty sure he was last year. Uh, I think he was 2022 Bowman. Was it 2022 Bowman? Yeah. And I don't know if he had autos or the first time. Cause remember how that was weird, how they had a lot of non-autos and then they put autos in Bowman Chrome? Yeah, and then gave him a first anyways. Yeah. I can't All right, so – Everything I didn't like about Lawrence Butler, I do like about Dustin Harris. So, number one, we're yet again talking about a guy with 70-grade raw power and 40 fielding. So, we're talking about a a DH-type guy that might slot in at first base but not play good first base with a ton of power. The difference here is he has a 45-hit tool instead of a 35. He has 50 speed instead of... 45 speed and also his walk rate in double a last year 11 percent, only a percentage point under butlers but his strikeout rate was 19 percent, significantly lower than butlers and it's not like he had an amazing year baby wise because he ran a 279 baby but he still hit 257 with a 346 on base and it's 471 slugging mm-hmm. um one thing with that so same with lauren like uh Lawrence only had 11 games at first, and the rest were in the outfield. Uh, Dustin Harris had six games at first last year, 58 in left field, and 21 at DH. Yeah. Now, I am am making the assumption, and this is maybe a false assumption, I'm making the assumption that if Fangraphs is listing them as a first-base outfielder, even if they're playing outfield right now as a 22-, 23-year-old, that by the time they make the majors or are like a year or two into their career, that they are going to be first base DH guys without getting outfield reps. But I could also be super wrong and that could be a very bad assumption. But that was, that was where my mind was going. was why I didn't bring up outfield at all. If that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's tricky with Um, these young guys trying to find them a spot. Yep. And, and like Dustin Harris, $25 $25 for an auto Lawrence Butler, $36 for a non auto orange. Like obviously Lawrence Butler is significantly cheaper than Dustin. If he had an auto would be significantly cheaper than Dustin Harris is $25. But Dustin Harris in my head is the somewhat significantly better prospect. Yeah, dude, he, he absolutely crushed the ball. Uh, well, he has been crushing the ball and he was also in the futures game. No, there you go. So getting recognition for his crushing of the ball as well. Um, yes, sir. I want you to take a look at this. Look at Dustin Harris's K rate. And this is a power guy. Yeah, 19%. Isn't really that nuts? Good. Yeah. You don't see that very often. That's why I said that's why I said at the start, Dustin Harris is everything I oh my uh, bad. Everything that Lawrence Butler isn't is what I like about Dustin Harris because <laughs> he has the same power, but better hit tool, uh, same fielding. 
but faster and exact same basically walk rate but way better strikeout rate uh but moving on to warming burnable and this is an interesting name because he also was in tw- oh man now i'm now i'm forgetting was he in 2022 bowman baseball as well he was he was he yep. had to have been yep you know what's crazy is that was almost a year ago now i know like it feels like it just came out i know it always it sneaks up on us yeah um but warming this kid was a stud last year uh high a he hit 305 with a 315 on base and a 486 slugging in a ball um which was the bigger sample size he hit 317 with 390 on base and a 504 slugging so he had no fall off he didn't really have uh, a change in bay bip or anything he didn't have a change in isolated power between the levels he had a drastic change between the levels in walk rate went from 9.7 percent in a ball to 1.8 percent in high a you don't love to see that, but everything else seems like it was kind of like similar. And he, I mean, we're talking about a dude who first taste of high A at 20 years old, still excelled, still hit for an above average isolated power. Didn't have a drastically high bay bip at 329. Um, the walk rate, obviously alarming, but he has shown better walk rates. And, it, and, and here's the thing, like 7.4% in a ball as a 19 year old, 9.7%. Are they the greatest, most insane walk rates in the world? No. But when you couple it with the fact that he barely strikes out with 15.6% being his highest of his career last year, and he gets to power uh, at an above-average clip, yeah, I'm like, interested. You, you always want a guy to have a good uh, good eye at the plate, but at the same time, you don't want a guy to go up the plate. And, like The goal is to, to get on base by, by hitting the ball. You know, If you get a walk, great, but his K rate is so low and he hit three Oh five. Like that's just, that's cr- like, I don't, I don't know how guys do. Yeah. That. Usually guys with that low a walk rate and that low a K rate, they're grounding out. You know, you know, they're, they might have an average that high, but they're not hitting for power. No. At all. Um, and he was hitting for power. I mean, he had combined last year, 14 home runs and 26 doubles. Like, and that was in a hundred or three hundred and sixty-seven at bats. Like, that's pretty. That's pretty good. That's nuts. That is. Um. So definitely, warming burnable is definitely of major major interest to me. Now the biggest red flag elephant in the room, obviously, is Colorado. People don't love investing in Colorado players, and so if I were buying into him, I'm buying in at high A, hoping he dominates double A. And then, or selling, or dominates double A and some of triple A and selling. I don't think I want to hold any Colorado player until he makes the majors, just because it's just a little bit too much risk for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I do like him, though. I like him a lot. And I think he has a great name. I think he has one of those names that is like announcers are going to love to say, fans are going to love to say, they're going to be able to make. Um, merchandise because of his name warming true and so i i I do think that there are there are some times where a name plays into the factor for my liking him and i this is one of those cases where i think there's a lot more upside because of his name um than some other guys like a dustin harris dustin harris is a very boring name (laughs) sorry dustin yeah it's true 
And then lastly, we have Trey Sweeney, the most expensive of the group, um, the lone shortstop of the group. Also very tall, shortstop at 6'4". And this is interesting because college college bat, right, came out, didn't have the greatest uh, year in... double a per se though it wasn't that bad um it's just you know college and high a like he was fine it was pretty good 112 wrc plus in high a 105 wrc plus in double a um we're talking high 700 ops's or they're close mid 700 ops's it's just it's just one of those things where like if you're a 22 year old college bat I don't know. I just expect a little bit more from you. So I've always been like not even diving into the numbers deeply. I've never been like a huge Trey Sweeney fan. Now, that being said, he had astronomically low BABIPs, but he's carried astronomically low BABIPs every single level, which has me a little bit concerned that that's just the thing he's going to do. He's not very fast. Yeah, 40 speed. Um, And like he has fine walk rates, 20%. Double A in only 11 game sample size, 14% walk, uh, 23% K rate, 13% walk rate. Like, they're fine. Everything about him is fine. Like, there's not much I can really complain about, especially because, like, the averages are low, but the BABIPs are low to where I'm like, this might just be him and what he does, but also maybe there is a little bit of shift in there and he gets those BABIPs up and then those averages go up to, like, the 260 range. Like, there's not much I can complain about with him per se. There's just also not much I like, if that makes sense. I just I just can't get over the fact that he's a first round college bat and his numbers are just kinda it's kinda okay. Yeah. I know I'm the same way. Uh like I think he's much better he's a much better hitter than his numbers say he is. But college bat, you know it just doesn't excite me to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That me, me as well. Um, do I think he could become a 20 home run shortstop in the majors? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the name. I don't know. There's something about Trey Sweeney that has been about Trey Sweeney since he came out in Bowman baseball that I just, I just haven't been excited for. Yeah. And that that's some personal bias right there. So I'm sure there's some Yankee fans listening to this that are like, dude, what? Come on. Yeah. And I get that. I understand that. It, it And the thing, dude, I always go back to this. The Yankees farm system is the worst for hitters, where I usually factor that in. But for him, there's not enough on the bone for me to get excited to factor that in, if that, like for him at this time. And I'll be the first to tell you, I hope Trey Sweeney becomes a multi-time all-star that hits 30-plus bombs in Yankee Stadium because it's tiny. And I hope everyone saves – you Yankee fans, I hope you save this and you bring it up later and say, you were so wrong. And I will gladly say, yes, I was wrong. Just for some reason, there's been something about Trey Sweeney ever since he came out in 2022 Bowman Baseball that just hasn't excited me. Can't really put my Mm -hmm. finger on it. You think I would like a 6'4", 200-pound shortstop that has pop, and yet here I am. I think it's just the kind of the men numbers the entire way. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Let's move on to young high variance pitchers. We won't cover too much in here. Noah Schultz, first round pick for Chicago last year, $11. Chase Petty from Cincinnati um, traded to them in the uh, Sonny Gray trade, I believe, yep. from the Twins, also $11. Uh, sneaky, sneaky pitcher system. Cincinnati Reds right now. Yeah. Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, Chase Petty, guys like that. Um, they're uh, They're sneaky. Jordan Vargas, Colorado, doesn't have a base auto. And then Bubba Chandler for Pittsburgh. And the last sale I could find of him was $17. Now, what's interesting here is young high-variance pitchers, they got Bubba Chandler listed there as opposed to maybe in his own category of future Shoyo Tani. <laughs> they will have that one day, I bet, as we see. They, they, they likely will. Um, yeah, I am. I am, you know. Again, we're back on the Bubba Chandler thing. Seventeen dollars a base auto. It's worth a it's worth a a gamble. And solely on the fact of like what we said before about like he'll be marketable, he'll be on highlights, but as a as a baseball fan, as like a looking at talent, not as exciting, but knowing how the card world works, that's what excites me about him. That's it. Mm-hmm. For right now. Um, and real quick on Chase Petty, they give him a 70 slider, 55 fastball, 50 changeup, 45 command, 45 future value. Nice. That fastball or that changeup or that command play up with a 70 slider. That kid's good, dude. That's a and at 19, that's a that's a stud. Also, speaking of 19 year olds, Andrew Painter. Pitched in the in triple or in spring training the other day as a 19 year old pumping 100 mile power fastballs in there. And I saw a, a report that said that they thought Andrew Painter was probably the third best option for the Phillies rotation right now. What? And Scott like, Boris. I like knows how to market his guys. We will see, you know, we'll see about that. All I say is it was incredibly impressive. And we'll what? keep that there. But Chase Petty, um, you know, the Reds have been pretty good developing pitchers right now, so I wouldn't doubt if he takes a couple uh, a couple steps forward, gets out of that Minnesota system into that into that Cincinnati system and takes a couple steps forward. The one thing I – and like last year, he had a 440 ERA, but a 335 fielding independent pitching, a expected fielding independent pitching of 379, so significantly better, whichever way you look at it, than his 440 ERA. Um, one thing I am always concerned about with Cincinnati pitchers and a main reason why I haven't actually pulled the trigger on any Hunter Greens yet, despite the fact that I do think Hunter Green is like knocking on the door of becoming one of the best pitchers in baseball is that he pitches in Cincinnati. And that is a hard place to pitch because it's so small. You know, there's times where guys hit good pitches for home runs because it's tiny park and mistakes for home runs where those same pitches, they miss, hit a mistake, goes for a home run there that doesn't in a St. Louis or something like that. So that's my one. That's my one like qualm with Chase Petty is like, ah, do I want to invest in Cincinnati and the same qualm with Hunter Green? But I really, man, I really think, I think Hunter Green is right there. <laughs> like he's. He is so close. You know how many times he carried no hitters into like the eighth inning last year? 
Oh, I know. I remember watching. Um, he, and he would, I feel like every game, he just had one bad inning. He was one, one inning away of every game. Yeah. I mean, he had a 444 ERA last year with an 11.75 K per nine, a 3.44 walk, but a 1.72 home run per nine. We knocked that home run down to a more reasonable rate, even if it's just one home run per nine innings instead of the 1.72. Where's that ERA go? And, of course, we're talking Cincinnati again, so who knows? But I really I really think I think we're like two steps away from Hunter Green yeah. breaking out into, into Dylan C. Cy Young territory type stuff. I'm not a big ERA guy, personally. I'm more of a... Um, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. ERA is deceiving. Um, and, but FIP is also deceiving. Um, there's a couple other DRA and stuff like that is better to look at, but I don't have it on this page, so I can't look at it. Um, I think he's much better than his ERA is what I was, what I was getting at. Like if you watch his, if you watch him pitch like someone and you just didn't look at his stats at all and be like, how, like, how would you rank him? You know, like, you is he good? Like, how good is he? Like, in your opinion, just by watching people would be like, dude, this dude's probably what top five, top 10, just by watching him. And you're yep. like, well, actually, his stats aren't. Um, that's what makes it tough. Yeah. And that's why ERA is both stupid, but also in the card market, at least I have found ERA is generally king. Yep. Good right. ERA strikes guys out, people want to invest. Strikes guys out bad ERA, people don't want to invest, despite what everything else says. And so, like, in my day-to-day, like, just baseball thinking life, I don't use ERA or really care about ERA. When I flip the gear to baseball cards, ERA is, like, the most important. Yeah, you're 100% right on that for cards. Um, let's, uh, let's speed this up real quick. So we've got two sections left. We're going to talk about the relief risk group quick. Will Warren for New York doesn't have an auto Mason black for San Francisco. He has a $4 auto Adam Mako for Toronto. He has a $5 auto Ben Brown, no auto for Chicago and Brian Wu for Seattle. No auto, uh, only two guys in here. You can get their autos for a combined $9. Not much else to say there. Um, Still could make a top 100 list, I guess. But if you're looking to spend money, there's other guys on this list I would spend my money on, even if they are only sitting at $4. So then we go up in the last section, high contact up the middle bats. We've got Christopher Torin, Arizona, no auto. Juan Brito, Cleveland, also no auto. So we won't talk about those two guys. The last four guys on the list are interesting. Cole Young, Connor for Seattle. $75. $75. We've talked about him. His autos are redemptions. He was my prospect of the week the other week. Then you've got Connor Norby for Baltimore, $42. Mikey Romero for Boston. In fact, I think Connor Norby's like a top 100 prospect on an OB pipeline, but I could be wrong there. Mikey Romero for Boston, who was just a first round pick this last year. Also redemption autos for $150. And my favorite prospect on the list, um, at least this list, Emmanuel Rodriguez. Minnesota, $98 for his last sale, which kills me because, as Jimbo knows, I'm a notoriously bad trigger puller on buying cards. 
And I didn't buy any of the Emmanuel Rodriguez's I had set out to buy at the start of the season. And I was looking to buy them for, you know, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. And I didn't buy any. And now they're sitting at 98. And it's like, what are you doing, Nathan? Why you couldn't have bought one doubled up like you wanted to? You bought none. So I'm a bum. It's okay. I know it. I accept it. But Emmanuel Rodriguez, let's start there because I find him to be the most interesting name in that his year last year was spectacular, but he ended up getting injured. He had a 28% walk rate as a 19-year-old in A-ball and 26% K rate. He ran a 272, 492, 551 triple slash line and a 196 WRC plus again as a 19-year-old in A-ball. The numbers were great. The strikeout rate, obviously alarming. But if you're going to run a 28% walk rate, I don't care what you're – you could strike out 50% of the time if you're running a 28% walk rate. You know, I wouldn't care. Um, So the numbers were great. And I do think that if he hadn't got injured, he's a top 100 prospect. Mm -hmm. I I have a question. Yeah. What did you like about him last year uh, on, like, what made you – like, last year you said you wanted to buy him, but you didn't. What did you see last year that you liked? um, Um, Strictly the absurd – the absurdly high walk rate compared to age level. Like, if you are a 19-year-old in A-ball walking 28% of the time – it's you liked him for me. You liked him after he got hurt, or or going into? I, well, I liked him during. I liked him during the time. I didn't like him before. Complex league stats, not much to write home about. Interesting, but like fifteen percent walk rate, thirty six percent strikeout rate. Like that's this is where I I try to preach like patience. You don't need to buy in cheapest, right? I don't need to be the first person buying Emmanuel Rodriguez. Um, I just want to see enough where I'm comfortable. And so I did the same thing with Juan Soto. I had heard about him. I wasn't overly comfortable spending the like $70. By the time I was comfortable, they were $135, but I bought in. And I sold for $300 like a moron. Um, It should have helped. So for me, it's like, no, I didn't like the complex league. But once I started seeing his A-ball stats in the, the first like 20 games or so, it's like, oh, this is interesting. And then you're following along. And it's like, by the time he got injured, it's like, yeah, I do want to buy in on him. But then he gets injured and you're like, well, I'll wait. And then the offseason comes around and like, all right, I'm looking to buy Emmanuel Rodriguez. And then he, I just never got around to it. Mm-hmm. I was just curious because I feel like people listening, like there's little things that we see that like, and we contradict ourselves with every player. I feel like, like different player. Yeah. We're like, oh, we like this, but that, and, and that's just natural for us baseball people. But I was curious on that. And yeah. like And, and, that- and like from a contradictory standpoint uh, for myself, like a 15% walk rate is great complex league. That is nice. But a 36% K rate in complex league is like, I, I need to see more. Yeah. And right. And, and then you see 26% K rate and high, and you're like, that's still not great, but wow. 28% walk rate. I almost don't care what anything else he did, but he did. He hit power, nine home runs, five doubles, three triples. So it's, it's, it's really a case by case basis most of the time for me. Yeah. Um, and, and a farm system. Like I, I wouldn't buy a twins pitcher. I'd buy a twins hitter all day long. Um, yeah specifically in the minors once they hit the majors there's like some weird thing that goes on with the twins where they just can't produce Miguel Sano still doesn't even have a team 
Um, Byron Buxton constantly injured. Max Kepler, uh, uh, Trevor Larnich, you know, um, the other guy that Royce Lewis injured did well last year, finally before injury, but injured, you know, um, and, uh, the other guy that was with Royce Lewis and ranked not Max Kepler, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but it's like, it's like their two best players that they've produced injured (laughs) and the other guys, not very good. And so, and they have all been like top 25 prospects. So there is alarm there, um, but for the minors, I do like, I do like Twins prospects as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just curious on that. I, I like this kid a lot, dude. He had a one ninety six WRC plus, which you know I'm a big fan of this WRC plus thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's who isn't? Much. Who I, isn't? Um, let's talk Connor Norby, second round pick, uh, and also real quick with Connor Norby. You know, obviously you've got Jackson Holiday, number one pick for the Orioles. Um, you should go look at Dylan Beavers and Jude Fabian prices because I think everyone has the same thoughts on the Orioles right now. Like, feels like every prospect they touch turns into gold, especially in the first couple rounds. Those are expensive, expensive prices um, for Dylan Beavers and uh, Jude Fabian. I think I think Jude's like a twenty dollar base auto. Oh jeez. Um. All things considered. Uh, but anyways, Connor Norby, second baseman. What's interesting to me is this is high ca- contact up the middle group. But his hit tool is given a 40. Is this updated? Did, did they update it the is. Orioles? It oh, is wow. updated. So I'm, I'm a little bit confused as to what their what their standard is for high contact up the middle is it in under well it's not an under 20 percent strikeout rate because uh amanda rodriguez is above that even though connor norby was below that in double a last year um at 19.9 it's not clearly a 50 or 55 or 60 hit tool so i'm a little bit confused as to what the high contact uh uh up the middle guy means on this list. Like that's one of those things that I just, I I've thought about it this morning. I just can't wrap my head around it as to what the, what it stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, Connor Norby, he did have a very nice year in double a and in single a single a was just okay. Um, with a 99 WRC plus, but then double a, he went up to a 157 WRC plus with only a 322 BABIP. He hit 298 with a 389 on base and a 571 slugging. And then he moved to AAA for a small nine-game sample. And he had a casual 359 average, 405 on base, 718 slugging. Altogether, he combined for 29 home runs on the season in what ended up being 112, 121 games. He had 29 home runs, Connor Norby, as a second baseman. Imagine Connor Norby being a second baseman hitting 30-plus home runs in Baltimore. Dude, his double-A numbers were crazy. Um, 22 years old, so he'll be 23 this year. Uh, One thing that I just – I just – popped in my head and I know you and I always talk about this 
Wander Franco is 22 years old right now. Juan Soto is 24. Put it in perspective on some of these prospects. I know we're flipping, not, not to flip the script, but to put it in perspective. Sometimes I need to flip the script for myself uh, for certain things. Where, yeah. isn't that interesting though? Like sometimes like, man, it's like, oh, 22, like that's still young. And well, I, I'm not saying for Connor Norby, but just like prospects in general. I, well, like 22 is... Twenty-two is young. We're talking about when we're talking about Juan Soto, Juan Franco, Vlad Guerrero. We're talking about cream of the crop, tip top of the iceberg. I don't think anybody should be compared to them because, like, twenty-two is a very fine age to be playing in Double A, Triple A. And these guys are just—they're just freaks. They're just way better than everyone else. Connor Norby is not going to become Juan Franco, you know. And so, and so, I get—I get what you're saying, but I don't think. I think as a as a group, if we, because I fall I fall prey to it all the time. It's like Chris Bryant's a very good player. He came up at the age of twenty four or twenty three, twenty four. Juan Soto just turned twenty four after the season ended. Um, or is he twenty five now? He, I just checked. He's twenty four. He's twenty four, and so it's 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 one of those things where it's like we just you know you just can't you just can't yeah. compare to the the to some of these like just all timers like Juan Soto is going to be an all time, all time hall of fame. Great. Yeah. Okay. Well, how about this? Would you rather have, would you rather put $40 in, in Connor Norby or like do this with any player, insert any player and whatever their prices, would you rather have that or buy a Juan Soto at like whatever you can get for that price? Well, I don't think I could get, I mean, I'd be getting like a, non-graded tops chrome base Juan Soto for 40 bucks probably or something like that. So I would, I would rather have the Connor Norby. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. And, and, and again, I fall prey to this all the time where it's like, but so-and-so was doing this as at a 20, as a 20 year old in, in the MLB and Connor Norby's, you know, going to be 23 this year, but it's, it's just, it's, it's like, it's like comparing basketball players to LeBron James or to Giannis. And it's like, Look, Paul George is a great player. Uh, Paul George is old now, but uh, let me uh, – Jalen Brown. He's young enough, 26, I believe. Jalen Brown's a great player, um, but he's just – and, he, and he, he's developed well, and he's uh, he's gotten better every single year, but he's just, you know, not LeBron, not Giannis, not any of those guys, and that's okay. And you can still be a great player without uh, being compared to the best of the best because that's that's a tough – that's a tough one to have to live up to. Yeah. Um, Cole Young. Real quick, we got two guys left: Cole Young and Mickey, Mikey or Mickey Romero. Uh, Cole Young, we talked about him, prospect of the week the other week. Nineteen years old, reminds sixty hit tool. He reminds me of Bryce Terang, sixty field. Um, if he becomes Bryce Terang, I think that would be a great outcome. If he manages to get to more power than Bryce Terang does. I think that would be an even better outcome, uh, but it's a uh, it's a wait and see for me because uh, we don't know, and I wouldn't be spending seventy five dollars on his autos right now until I see more power. Like that's just uh, yeah, that's just a little bit too crazy for me. Yeah, that that's where why I was thinking the the question I had before wasn't really for Connor Norby, but just like in general, like I was looking at this and I was like, that's why I. I putting perspective with, but you know me and I love betting on the super young risky ones. 
-hmm. as well. So I was like, kind of just flipping the script, even in my mind. I was curious your thoughts. I get you. I get you. Yeah. And uh, I hope I wasn't like offensive or anything and explaining explaining my, my thought process there. I just, I just don't want, I don't want like somebody to be like, uh, Connor Norby, 22 years old already. I don't want to invest in him when it's like impossible to live up to the standards that Wander Franco and Vigero Jr. and Juan Soto and those guys set. True. It's just hard, hard to do. And there are a lot of guys that, you know, don't, I mean, there's a lot of guys that get drafted at 21 and, and don't debut till 23, 24 anyways, just because of the nature of minor leagues mm-hmm. where you just don't move up that quick. Cause teams just don't want to challenge you that much you know, as a college junior or a college senior, and uh, you just don't even ever have the opportunity to come close to matching a Wander or a, or a uh, Vlad. Um, and then moving on to the last one, Mikey Romero. 150 bucks? My goodness. Yeah, Redemption Auto for 150 bucks. He was the first-round pick, uh, 24th overall by the Red Sox. And you know how that goes, Red Sox. Yeah. People want to collect those cards um and in a ball last year as an 18 year old he slashed a casual only nine games i get it but he slashed a casual 349 364 581 with 150 uh, 153 wrc plus now again nine games he had two percent walk rate 25 percent k rate not much to take home from this nine game sample size at all but it's better to see in my mind it's better to see a kid play well than not even if you can't, you can't really glean anything from it, but at least I'd rather him play well than not play well. But for me, he is also a wait and see. I wouldn't want to be spending $150 on this kid um, until I see more. Does he have uh, like other autos that aren't just the base autos? I only saw one redemption sold. Um, like, is he like a Dolan rushing uh Type of scenario. Let's see. Uh, auto Redemption 150. Oh, Bowman Draft Red Lava Refractor Auto number to five, 1800 bucks. I put the wrong. I misspelled. Ooh. I put a C instead of a K. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue, blue Auto 390. So, no, he's got other autos, and they are, uh, to be fair, I would rather have a Red Lava for $1,800 than a base auto for 150. Would you rather I have want to spend money on either of them? But I'd rather have that red lava. Yeah. Would you rather have a true gold non-auto or a base auto? True gold non-auto, I think. Yeah, one just sold for 150 as well. Yeah. Um. So, uh, Mikey Romero, that's a very much a very much a wait and see, um, from him. I, I don't I just I don't have anything to glean from his stats at all. Uh but I do know that $150 is a lot of money. $75 is a lot for Cole Young. I I'd, and $98 realistically is a lot for Emmanuel Rodriguez. Like if I had bought in, I would be selling right now. I wouldn't be buying. Yeah. Um at that price. Uh, the only one of interest to me right now would be Connor Norby at 42. And even then I you know, you've got You've got a lot of guys in that farm system where it's like Jordan Westberg is that shortstop, Gunnar Henderson, 
Yeah, so it's like, does he have a spot? And like, you find a you find a spot. You always find a spot, but there's there was always some concern. Um, and Jackson Holiday is going to move quick. Gunnar Henderson's already there. You got Kobe Mayo in an outfield spot. You've got um, who's their who's their current star that I can't remember his name Cedric right now. Mullins. Cedric Mullins has an outfield spot. Kobe Mayo is going to have an outfield spot. Adley Rushman at catcher. Um, Jackson Holiday, Gunnar Henderson, and Jordan Westberg are all going to have spots. You need a spot for Heston Kierstad at some point in the outfield. Like Colton Kowser is going to need a spot. Um, I can. Could- I can see them trading, consolidating some of these prospects, yeah, and trading for a pillar in their in their on their team. I could I could see that as well. It's just until they do that, yeah, I'm saying until that. they do that, it's one of those like, well, where does where does Connor Norby play? Like Connor Norby is closer to the majors than Jackson Holiday, so like yes, he will get his first shot at a third base or a second base, um, whichever one Jordan Westberg isn't at. But also, Connor Norby isn't going to be keeping Jackson Holiday from playing, um, from getting a spot. And what's interesting here is that obviously Gunnar Henderson is the type of talent that could keep Jackson Holiday from playing shortstop because Gunnar Henderson's the better prospect. And so if Gunnar is the shortstop, Jackson Holiday is either going to be your third baseman or your second baseman likely that takes one of those positions away guaranteed. So then if you're Connor Norby, you have to beat out. I don't even know if he has the arm for third base to begin with. So then you have to beat out a Jordan Westberg. And if you don't beat him out for the second base spot, you're kind of in trouble, but I would still rather buy him than any of the other guys. And even that is like a stretch because of the fact that, you know, there's a lot of other guys that are ahead of him at positions he needs to play. And Joey Ortiz, we didn't even talk about Joey Ortiz. He's a shortstop prospect as well. 50 future value in AAA. He needs a spot as well. So I wouldn't be shocked. If I were them, I would definitely, I'm taking Hessen Kierstad. I'm taking Connor Norby. I'm taking Dylan Beavers. And, uh, and I'm turning that into, uh, I don't think you could turn that maybe into like uh you wouldn't be able to turn that package into a um Corbin Burns, but if you added a Grayson Rodriguez to it, you might be able to turn that into a Corbin Burns. Probably not. You'd probably need to do like Grayson Rodriguez and Kobe Mayo and Heston Kierstad because of just how absurdly expensive it would be if the Brewers fail and Corbin Burns is there, like we're talking multiple, multiple top 100 prospects, probably three. But yeah, most likely. Yeah. But anyways, we are about to go on the hour and 30 minute mark, so we should probably be done there. You're right. I would say. Um, Jimbo, any last thoughts on the picks to click? Nope. I like them. Here, yeah, let, be- me, let me ask you this question. You have to pick one. You have to pick one pick to click that you think is going to make the top 100 next year. Not cards, just like who I think will be. 
Um, uh, card value added in as well. Uh, I, I, I would have to go Dalton rushing, to be honest. I thought you were going to go that way. And I would also probably go that way as well. Um, for me, if I had to pick any of these guys, um, I mean, there's so many guys I like. I know that's the problem. There's so many, you know, a, a ton of guys I like. If if I were looking for the best value, um, you know, I I I it wouldn't be Jefferson Quero, I don't think, because just catching position in general. Um, though fifteen dollars is great, catching position in general just is a hard sell, per se. Uh. It wouldn't be Hendry Mendez just because, you know, if the power doesn't come along, then we're, you you know, you, you're not going to get much more than $11 for that card. Um, it has to be, for me, your Donnie De Los Santos or Jason Churio. But because your Donnie has the projected power and is 18 years old and shortstop, like there's a lot more runway for him in the minors for me to make money from $17 to say 50 than like Jason Churio, who's already at 35 Correct. Yeah. You know, so for me, I guess it would come down to Yordani or Jason Churio, but based on price, being able to get uh, two Yordanis for the price of one Jason, I take the Yordani in this exercise, even if I'd probably rather have the Jason Churios in real life. I agree. Just because the, the floor is uh, a little bit more sound with Jason Churio. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening to today's Dinging Corners. Um, we appreciate everyone that listens. Sorry that ran quite long. <laughs> I hope uh, if you've made it to the end, we appreciate you. Yes, and uh, yes, sir. Yep. Oh, I was just agreeing with you. Yeah. Jimbo agrees. We do appreciate you guys for listening. Um, and uh, we will talk to you guys next Friday. See you.